All right, you guys, today is Friday, so you know what that means. It is another episode of the Erratic Unicorn Podcast. So, thank you for tuning in. We're going to jump right into it. I know, like, we got, like, two podcasts this week, and I said I was going to come back on Friday, and I was going to do this every Friday, and I know some of y'all probably didn't believe me, because y'all know me, I'll take a little bit of a break, but nope, 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 I'm getting it in. Now, the funny thing about today is I don't have a set specific topic, and that's fine. It's perfectly fine. I'm going to totally, like, just bullshit my way through this chat. It's going to be, like, the most random chat ever, and that's fine. It's totally fine. So without further ado, we're going to start off with the big elephant in the fucking room. This whole hedge fund situation with GameStop. I'm going to keep it brief. I'm going to keep it short. Kudos to the Reddit group (laughs) for what they did. Because I fucking hate hedge funds. We should all fucking hate hedge funds. Ooh, I can't even talk. (laughs) We should all hate edge funds. Edge funds. <laughs> hedge funds. Like, who gave these rich motherfuckers the right to be rich and to be able to help basically falsify shit within the stock market and, and destroy businesses, right? There's so many people that work at GameStop. There's so many people that worked at KB Toys and Toys R Us, right? Where these hedge funds and these crazy, stupid places like Bain Capital can go in and fund all this money, do all this crazy, stupid shit to run a business in the ground. There's people that get paid to run businesses into the ground, right? And then what happens when those businesses are run into the ground? You get CEOs with major paydays. You get all these severance, non-severance packages, I should say. Like, there's so many people that have been laid off from those places that didn't receive a severance package, i.e. Toys R Us. So if they ever come back, like, I'm not supporting them. Like, they're never going to come back to where they were anyway. But that's a whole other story. Anyway, back to GameStop. We know GameStop has been a bit of a doozy. But you know what? This is the thing about stock market stuff in the... And stocks and everything else. It's basically just like gambling. It's like it's it's the the purest form of gambling, especially for rich people, right? And the the poor people, the people within that ninety nine percent, got some headway. You know what I mean? Just a little bit of headway. And one hedge fund got into a little bit of trouble. And then here we go. Everybody wants to change the rules now, and I don't think that's fair. It's not fair. And something should be done about that. That's all I'm going to say about it. That's it. That's all. In regards to the GameStop situation with the stock market, I don't know enough about the stock market in its whole entirety to give a detailed answer and detailed commentary, so I won't. But I did decide, after hearing about all this crazy shit, that I'm going to do a lot more research and I'm going to be on it next time because... Oh boy. (laughs) 
And then it's funny too. Let me, I'm going to say this one more thing before I hop off of the subject. If you look at Forbes.com and Bloomberg and all these different websites, there's all these crazy, ridiculous think pieces written by rich people into why poor people shouldn't have done what they did to GameStop and all this goofy bullshit. And whew, this is the reason why people get into conspiracy theories and get into outlandish things and you know like there's a lot of truth to some conspiracy theories or whatever but this is the thing when you have people in power that are blatantly lying and trying to manipulate the masses it gives credence to those same theories you know what i mean so like i can see how it could be easy for somebody to be swept up into different conspiracies hopefully like the the right ones and not like you know QAnon or you know that weird crazy stupid shit but <laughs> I just you know it, it just it is mind-boggling it's really mind-boggling to see how far these publications that were supposed to be so respected have fallen I, I love 2021 already. I do. <laughs> and I guess as we're on the topic of GameStop, you know, I would like to see GameStop make a comeback. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't want to see GameStop completely disappear. They need to definitely revolutionize. And I want there to always be a market for physical games. I am never going to be okay with games going all digital even though i know that it's the future the reason why i don't want it to go all digital is because we see what's happened with the all digital stuff with you know music and film and and the lack of ownership and even when you're buying stuff from the digital store like you don't really like own it own it it's still like a license so you'd have to keep that license and i just i don't know it seems like it's just a lot of red tape and i don't want to deal with it i like to have a physical disc or cartridge and insert it into my PlayStation or my beautiful Switch over there and start gaming, you know? It is something pure about opening up a video game for the first time and you get the new game smell and you get the... Well, it's not the same anymore because, like, you know, back in my day... Oh, I sound like an old-ass grandpa right now. Back in my day... You know, we had, you know, the PlayStation 1 and the PlayStation 2. We had these massive fucking booklets that would give you all this information about the characters, about the story, how to play the game. And I mean, sure, it was like a waste of paper, but it made me feel good about like, I don't know. It, it just it made me feel more connected to the game, if that makes any sort of sense at all. And I just don't have that same effect when it comes to opening up a new game now. But I still like to open up that new game. Take that little digital insert out and put the code in for any kind of DLC that's extra. Or, you know, buy the little co um, the collector's edition for different games. Like, that's kind of where it's at now with the collector's editions. But I'm just like, man, like, give me a physical disc. Because now we have some Switch games where it won't even be a cartridge in there. It'll just be a code. And I'm like, bruh. Really? Did you really do that? Come on now. But, you know, that's one thing. And I just, I think that there's a lot of, like, potential for a big GameStop comeback. You know what I mean? You know, like, there's so much they can do. Aside from the, the 
the smelly small stores. Like I think that what they should do is make bigger stores, sell some games here and there or whatever. But like they own Think Geek now, so like continue with that model of like selling the clothes and you know having like all the cool um what's that stuff called like the nostalgia stuff and like all this home goods types things or whatever like the little baby yoda um shit what's that the baby yoda come on now (laughs) the the waffle maker baby yoda waffle makers and that kind of thing or like the lightsaber chopsticks like i'm totally obsessed with that kind of thing and it's a market for it, you know? And if I could go to GameStop and pick up these things immediately, I'd do it in a heartbeat. I think that they should really push that too and push, you know, video game clothes and just everything that goes with like video games and, and accessories and that kind of thing. And I think that GameStop will be in good hands in the future. Fingers crossed. I do. And honestly, I believe that if they want to get really competitive, they need to go back to having like really good like deals on games, right? And not just like the used games. I know they make a lot of money from the used stuff, but I'm not buying the used games. I'm very bougie. Like I would buy a used game here and there, but since the Rona happened, I'm not trying to buy no used games. I'd have to fumigate the case and everything. I ain't got time. I'm very bougie when it comes to my video games. Give me that shit brand new. I want the plastic on it. And I'm glad that they've gone over to not slitting the games open anymore either. Because I used to get pissed buying brand new games, quote unquote brand new games at GameStop. And it wouldn't be no plastic. The fuck you mean? This is not new. This is used. Because he took the plastic off. Don't be trying to, you know, finesse me, as the kids would say. Is that what they say now? I don't know, because I'm old now. But it would be really cool if they would really like re up on different benefits of having like the power, uh, what's it, the power members pro, whatever that shit is, their loyalty program, right? If they had it, anything as cool as what Best Buy did. I know Best Buy was just too good to be true, man. That Gamers Club unlocked, if you didn't have that when it was available, man, I'm telling you, like, it would only cost like maybe what? I think I spent. 30 or $80. I don't remember because it's so long ago, but it was a two year membership and you would get all of your new games for 20% off. You would get discounts and trade in values, extra points for your Best Buy card. Man, that shit was lit. I saved a lot of money on my brand new games for like the last two years and I'm very, very, very salty and sad they canceled it because like that was just the best thing ever. Like, we're talking like a game that would normally cost maybe like 70 something dollars or, you know, around like $70 with tax would only cost me like around 50. That's a huge deal. And then it kind of sucks now that games are starting to cost around $70, like straight up before tax. So, I mean, tax in Atlanta is like what? 8% now. That's a, a nice little extra penny on a game. And Come on now. This is going to make people not buy as many games, I think. Honestly. But like I said before, if a game is like $70 and it's really worth it, I don't mind it. But it's got to be like a full-fledged video game. It's got to be long as hell. It's got to be something I'm not going to beat in a week or less. And it better not have no microtransactions. Do not give me the microtransactions. I'm going to have a problem. That's the one thing that I miss about 
the PS2 era. Once you had a game, and this is probably like a gift and a curse too, because once you had a game in the older days, you know what I mean? There was no software updates. So that was a bit of a, uh, but with that being said, they had to give you a full game. They had to make sure the game was for the most part bug free. Like there was a lot more testing on those games for bugs. Now they're really some buggy shit. I'm like, oh, we'll just send you guys a day one update, a day one patch or a week patch. And it's like, dude, give us a game that we can play immediately. Like I shouldn't have to stick a game into the PlayStation and wait for it to update on the first time playing it. Uh, that's like one of my major gripes about like modern gaming. Like this shit pisses me off. At least with the Switch, like it doesn't take super long. But like that PlayStation 4 used to drive me crazy with that shit. And the PS5 is a lot better with it. I still don't like to wait. I still feel like I'm waiting too long to play a game. <laughs> like let me at least play a little bit of it first. You know what I mean? But like I said, the PlayStation 5 is a lot better. You could pick and choose like what part of the game you want to download first. And that's cool, I guess. But that was like a huge, huge issue for me during the PS3 and the PS4 era. Like, oh my goodness, that was just annoying as shit. And while we're talking about comebacks or whatever, because like I just drifted far off. I don't know how I got there, but I would like to see AMC make a comeback. You know, and I would like to see just movie theaters in general, like, really rebound somehow. You know, I know that everyone feels like streaming is the future, but there's something about the experience of watching a movie in the dark with a bunch of people I don't know that just, it does something to you. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's a whole other experience, you know, and it's a collective experience, that I don't think people really think about often. And I believe it's something that we've all kind of taken for granted, given how most of us are stuck at home or, you know, they can't go out to the movies like they used to and that kind of thing. Because, you know, Netflix party is cool. Discord is cool. Having, you know, like watch parties or whatever together with friends. And it's cool. But it's something about like, being there with your friends amongst a bunch of other strangers and just like enjoying each other's presence. It's it's a human communal experience. And I, I can't believe I really do miss that. And it, it really sucks that it's it, the film industry is in the influx that it's in right now anyway, because the film industry, believe it or not, is in shambles. They may not say it outright that it's in shambles, but it's definitely in shambles. Right now, the film industry definitely depends on China for their revenue at the box office because of the fact that people stopped, haven't been going to the movies as much prior to COVID or whatever. The, the global box office is dependent on China, and China no longer really needs... American films to boost their industry. That's a big blow to our industry here. And I've always felt like America should have tried to rein their dependence on other countries as far as like the film thing goes. Because, I mean, this was bound to happen. For one, 
in China and in Korea and a lot of other countries, they're doing film better than us. Their films are better. They're better written. They're better acted. Like, they're better directed. I mean, the cinematography is amazing. You know, just, I feel like the quality of American films has been at an all-time low. For the most part, that's not like any shade to anybody making movies currently in American Hollywood, whatever. But there's so many sequels and prequels and reboots and of the same shit. And eventually people get sick of that. And then like this, the, the lack of real diversity too. We're, we're finally getting to a point now where like, we're starting to see more black directors, women directors, you know, just like, you know, directors of color getting into the fray and shaking things up a little bit. But those, those gambles have been the only good things to come out of the film industry recently here in America. Everything else for the most part, aside from your Marvel flick here and there, has been garbage. Just straight up. Just straight up garbage. And we have no one to blame but ourselves for continuing to accept and allow Hollywood to give us garbage. But, you know, I think that, you know, movie theaters will be fine eventually. I don't know, like, if it'll be more of an indie level or if it'll be like big conglomerates like AMC or Regal, but I would hate to see AMC go because AMC's popcorn tasted good. And I don't know, like maybe it's just me and my brain, but I didn't really like the popcorn at Regal. It tasted kind of stale to me. And I don't know if, if that's just me, but like my thing about Regal is like their tickets are more expensive than AMC, but I was like, their food was kind of, yeah. AMC, you know, it's the best of both worlds. Like, I mean, the tickets will be a little bit cheaper. The food will be lit. Even though we all know the, the shit over there is frozen. But it was some good frozen shit that they, you know, with some decent highway robbery prices. But if you didn't know, if you don't know, movie theaters make most of their money from concessions. A lot of that money is to keep the doors afloat, to keep the employees paid. And of course, they're making a profit too, but like most of that goes towards back into the theater and making it operational. When it comes to ticket sales, most of that is going back to the studios and then they'll send a small percentage of that back to the theaters, but it wouldn't be enough to keep the theaters completely afloat. If you didn't know, you now know. It was like theater, movie theater 101 as a former employee. (laughs) But, you know, I think that we just, we have to, there's a a need for a massive overhaul for everything here in America. (laughs) You know, corporate greed has destroyed life as we know it. You know, not just in a financial way, but, you know, in a environmental way and a philosophical way, a a health way, just, just, you know, kind of doomed us all, but it's not all doom and gloom. I think things will improve eventually, but it's probably gonna get a lot uglier first. (laughs) It's not funny, but it's, you gotta laugh instead of, you know, crying or whatever, something like that. And, you know, this is really random, but since Nokia was in the same talks with this whole thing about stocks or whatever, 
it just brought back memories of my very first cell phone ever. It was a Nokia. This was like ages ago. I think I got my first cell phone when I was like 10. Right. And <laughs> I'm telling you that little, that little bastard was indestructible. I used to like get mad and throw that bitch at the wall. I used to always drop it and it never went out. It always worked. So when, <laughs> whenever my next phone would go through issues or whatever, that Nokia was, it was handy dandy, trusty. And, and I wonder where the thing is. I probably threw it out now. I mean, like, obviously I'm not going to use it today, but that motherfucker was strong as shit. Period. They don't make cell phones like that no more, man. Let me drop my Galaxy on the ground. Let me drop my iPad. That shit going. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have a, a whole fucking panic attack. <laughs> And like, I, I just, oh man, things are just so much simpler back in like, oh five. <laughs> now I'm like grown and old and knocking on 30. Ugh. Sucks being a nineties baby. And I don't know about y'all, but I stopped eating fast food for the most part once the pandemic got really really bad because like to be honest with you i don't trust eating from other people right now it's this weird conundrum in my head it got to a point where i was like hmm i felt like it was probably safer for me to eat during the height of the pandemic like the original height when things were like actually locked down because there weren't as many people traveling obviously inside the dining room and being at the drive-thru or whatever like it seemed like everything was more contained at the time but as soon as, especially when Atlanta had opened back up, as soon as like the Atlanta opened up and everybody was going inside and out of McDonald's and everything else, it just really turned me off. So any kind of craving that I had for fast food, I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to eat at home. So I was thinking about this recently because I went off like towards the end of last year. I was just kind of craving a Popeye's chicken sandwich. I don't know why the fuck I was craving a Popeye's chicken sandwich, but I was. And I ordered it from um, DoorDash. I sure did. And I ate it. And I just, I felt awful. I was like, you know what? I've been this long without fast food. It made me disgusted. Like, I was so nauseous. And I was like, I think I'm done. And this is such a far cry from me a couple years ago. Because... You couldn't tell me nothing about fast food. You know what I'm saying? I used to go out and buy me two for 20s for myself at Applebee's. I used to go out and mind you, two for 20s at Applebee's. So that was like a while, while back. Like I stopped eating Applebee's a long time ago. Let me just put that out there, that disclaimer, because you would catch me dead or alive inside Applebee's in 2021. But, you know, like I used to go to like the corner chicken wing spot. Get me that 20-piece, 25-piece with the chicken fried rice and the peach drink. You know what I'm saying? Be like the hot lemon pepper. Or the, what's the other one? The Cajun. I used to like fuck them chicken wings up. Like, it ain't nothing. Get them extra crispy. I was ready. I was really like about that life. And I, I can't do it no more. Like, I just, I have this need to like know what I'm cooking knowing what's going into it and it'll eventually change a little bit I might be more receptive to eating out again in the future but I just personally don't trust it now 
and I've been trying to be very responsible. And it kind of sucks because, you know, I see that there are so many other people that have been able to go out and and do whatever and have fun. And, you know, some of these people actually did catch, you know, catch the COVID or whatever and ended up fine or whatever. And still, you know, just going out having fun. But like those people don't live with, you know, people that are more at risk or susceptible or whatever. And I know me. I know that I'm a little bit more susceptible to get like sick, sick. You know what I mean? I have family members that are, that I live with and I don't want to put them at risk either. So like for me, I feel bad. You know what I mean? Going, I feel bad at the thought of even wanting to go out sometimes. You know what I mean? And I'm cooped up in the house. The only time I really leave is to go get groceries or whatever, but it gets exhausting. You know what I mean? So I've tried to, you know, take walks during the day and walk around the neighborhood and get some jogging or something in with my headphones and, you know, listen to my K-pop while I'm jogging and all that good stuff or whatever. Right. But I really do miss the the outside world sometimes, not in the sense of, you know, working for other people or just or just it's just random times where I really genuinely just want to like go out, call a friend and let's go to Crog Street or what's it? Crog City Market, Pont City Market, whatever that place is. There's so many different city markets down here. Crog Street Market. I think that's the name of it. And then Pont City Market, whatever. You know what I mean? The Beltline, all that good shit. And it it just, it really sucks because I know that, you know, I have friends that understand and I feel like I have friends that don't completely understand the severity of like why I don't go out and it makes me feel bad because they make me feel like, you know, like I've neglected them. You know what I mean? And I I hate that feeling, but like, you know, it's come to a point where like, I'm just like, you know, if you really love me, you just got to deal with it and wait until we see what's going on with this vaccine and, you know, we'll go from there. But I know personally, I haven't completely decided on where I stand on the vaccine just yet, but I'm leaning towards taking it more than not taking it at this point. I'm like 75 to like 80% sure that I'm just going to go ahead and take the shit and be done. And it's like a smaller, minute part of me. It's like, let's let's wait a little bit, but I am still waiting. I want to see some more. Y'all be some test guinea pigs first. And then when I see y'all doing good, in like a month or two or three and we can talk and we can, you know, set this appointment up. You feel me? Cause you know, I, I really do want things to go back to some sort of normalcy. I don't think things are ever going to be completely normal. I think that we're all going to have to seek some type of mental help when things open up accordingly the right way, because it we're not meant to be cooped up like this, you know, in our rooms, in our houses or whatever for extended amounts of time. But I will say this, I'm totally down and I'm okay with another lockdown to start getting this shit curbed and nipped in the butt because everybody going out here clubbing and partying and mask on, mask off, no mask at all, all over the place. You hoes over there in Walmart and Kroger's and all the other grocery stores, y'all got the mask below y'all nose. 
what are you protecting? You may as well not even have it on. And for you Karens and Chads that keep complaining about, you know what I'm saying, it's my right to not want to wear a mask. You're absolutely correct. You don't have to wear a mask if you don't want to on your property. Where you going to a private establishment, a privately owned establishment, like a Publix, like a Walmart, you follow their rules, you get the fuck out. Just like the Mariah Carey song. How about you get the fuck out? You know what I mean? Like, get the fuck out. It just, it, it makes no sense to me. <laughs> like, it's just, it just, it literally is it's mind boggling. You know what I mean? If you feel that strongly about not wanting to step into a grocery store because you don't want to wear a mask, order from fucking Instacart. Order from Shipped. Have somebody else go get your groceries. Like, it's not that big deal. I don't understand how we've politicized wearing a mask in America anyway. When people have been wearing masks in, like, Korea and China and other places for, like, ages now. When you don't feel good or whatever, you're sick, or if you have allergies, it's perfectly normal to wear a mask. Like, come on now, like, let's use our noggins for once. Like, I think this is, like, the perfect time for us to really, like, band together as a society and realize that we're more alike than, you know, not. You know what I mean? And I'm all about not so much compromise. I feel like there's certain things that just you can't compromise on. Like, race relations, you can't compromise on on that. I'm not going to compromise on, you know, privilege and all this other stuff. Like, there's things that need to be addressed. There's things that need to be fixed. And then we can start doing like a normal compromise about different things. But until certain things in our society are are not met accordingly, there will be no compromises. Like, I don't believe that the, the 1% should be hoarding all of this wealth. I just, I don't. Come on now. That's not fair to anybody. And I think poor whites... And blacks would have a lot more in common, and and they do have a lot more in common than they think. Especially, you know, like I'm just gonna say this. There's a quote. It's not really even a quote. It's just like a little saying: "Divide and conquer." You know what I mean? If you get us all wrapped up under this this bow with you know seeds of division. You know, it'll be easier to take over and control us and look at us now. So on that note, I want to go ahead and thank you all for listening to the Erratic Unicorn podcast. I am very, very glad that I was able to push it. It's here. It's on Friday. Get ready for next Friday. And, you know, thank you so much for listening. And you guys know where to find me on Twitter, underscore Erratic Unicorn, on Instagram, Erratic underscore Unicorn, on Twitch, Erratic underscore Unicorn as well, on Facebook, the Erratic Unicorn. If you have any questions, any feedback, let me know. If you really enjoy the podcast, go ahead and like and follow and subscribe on whatever you're listening to it at on Spotify or Anchor or Apple, you know, show me some love. I would definitely appreciate that. And y'all have a good night. I'm out.